right, so I was thinking about how to close this series, of course, and uh, we're in this encountering God and walking with God, and how can we do this year different than we've done last year, and so um, what's the right way to close it? I guess what's the what's the, you know, you save the best song for last. What's the, what's the thing we want to go home with thinking about to sort of wrap up this whole series? And, and this topic, if I could choose for you to have a Christian superpower, if you will, like if all the things that we hear in scripture, if there was one thing that I could be like, yeah, let's give them superpower to be able to do that. This would be what I would choose for you. And the reason it is because everything that we do in our walk with God, everything that we do in our relationship with God really hinges on what we're about to talk about. And so what I want to talk about is learning to be led in truth, learning to be led in truth. Like we got to learn how to navigate what is true and what is not, what is negative and what is, uh, what is not of God. And then what is God being for you and being truthful in your life? And so we're going to look at scripture all throughout scripture. You see where the enemy comes in or somebody comes in and tries to mislead and plant misinformation and plant falseness in your life. And people go with it and they see their lives destroyed. But then you see other people over here, uh, they stand on the word. They stand on what God said. They stand in believing truth that God has established and you see God show up in their life. Amen. And so when I see people even nowadays get taken out, they get taken out in a way that they started to go down a path of, of, of false and negative, and maybe they got cynical or they got hurt and they got bitter, and they considered all these things that they then see as truth, and they live by it. We were in prayer, uh, and I was talking to our counselor, uh, who's also my mother-in-law, wave your hand, uh, Mom, right over here. And, uh, and, so, and so, of course, anytime you share stuff with her, uh, she tries to suck you into a, a bill, you know? And so if you talk to her for more than five minutes, then she starts writing up an invoice. And uh, just, I'm totally kidding, I'm kidding. But she said that's where she starts a lot of times in counseling, is you take all of these life experiences. This happened and this happened and this happened. And we take all the things that happened to us and what it does is it forms our truths. This happened, this happened, this happened, and so it must be true, and so now I believe it, and that's where I make my decisions from. Did I say it right? See, I'm, I should be a counselor. <laughs> you paid a lot more, and no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But how many of us do that? Oh, no, 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 no. I, 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 I got to do it this way, and I got to stay away from that, and I can't certainly go that way with it, because last time I went that way with it, this thing happened, and if I do it that way again, this thing will happen again. And we make our decision based on that and not based on what is God's truth about how we should walk. And it's so hard because we're created in this upside down world that God says the first shall be last and the last shall be first. It's so counter who we are to trust God in some of his truths because they don't operate the way that we naturally operate. Amen. So the interesting thing, if you're going to back all the way up and I'm going to say, I want people to walk in truth. I want people to get it. I don't want people to be misled. I don't want people to be in darkness. I don't want people to be in the, in the mud. I want people to be walking in authority and in truth. Where do you start in trying to tell somebody how we should do that? And I miss it too. And I walk in misinformation and all this stuff too. I walk in poor thinking too. So we all battle it. There is no arrival on it. It's just, how do we navigate it? Well, I think what you first have to identify is that we are in a battle of good versus evil. If, if, if you're going to walk in truth, you have to understand that there is negative and there is false and there is evil. 
But then you also have to understand that over here, there's truth and there's protection and there is good and there is God. Amen. And so you have to understand that you're constantly battling both of those. The scripture says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not people that we get caught up with. It's the good versus evil. It's, it's the powers and principalities that we deal with. When you don't do the dishes like your wife asked you to, it's not about the dishes. <laughs> Somebody say amen. It's about you guys spiritually connecting in good versus evil and honoring one another and all of the stuff that goes behind it. So it's easy for us to be like, well, this marriage is rotten because it doesn't do the dishes and it doesn't, whoa, whoa, whoa back up. It's, it's, it's good. There's something spiritual going on that needs to be healed and restored. You have to find the truth in the dishes. Somebody say amen or get a dishwasher. I mean, it's like one of the, t- why? But David, God said about David, hey, David, that guy, he's got my heart. And you're like, whoa, Dave, he's, he's got a heart like mine. Like, he's my guy, David. And you're like, what, David? He was sexually impure and he killed people and he had all these kinds of, how could it be about him? Well, a lot of people say what they believe about David that God was, is that David was all in. He found truth and he ran with it. When he had the truth and the way that he trusted God, we know he literally walked up to Goliath and he stood in truth of what God said and he slayed Goliath. He was a person who was all in on all truth. One writer said that when he showed up to David and you know, to Goliath, they said that he, David acted in a way that he was almost irritated that nobody was doing anything. Everyone's scared. Everybody's afraid of the, And he shows up irritated that people aren't doing anything. Why? Because he was a guy that's like, I got the truth. I got God on my side and I cannot let evil overcome good. Somebody say amen. But how many times in our life do we stay in this false or in this negative or in this misinformation and we let that dictate how we choose good versus evil? Amen. We are created or you're wired, you could say, to be in a battle. The first thing we have to establish is that you are a supernatural person whether you choose to believe it or not. Somebody said, oh, those church people talking about being supernatural, that's crazy. Well, it's going to happen. There is an eternity and there are things that happen now, even in life. How many have ever just said or seen about somebody's marriage? Like how, what happened to that person that they got to that point? Somehow evil in their life began to take over. And I'm not saying like a, you know, demon's gonna jump on your back and and win, (laughs) I'm just talking about you've made compromises and you allowed things into your life that, that evil has won because we're all in a supernatural battle, good versus evil, amen? And so we're all wired to be in this battle. God made you a warrior. He made you a fighter. He made you somebody who can overcome, amen? And when you don't participate in the awareness of good versus evil, you find other ways to battle about it. So we make up Ford versus Chevy. We make up all these other ways that we battle Maybe women go to the thing and they got to get the shopping deal and they fight the other women and we have all these battles, right, that we make up. Why? Because you're wired to be in a battle. You got to use it in a spiritual sense of this good versus evil. How can we make our community better? Amen. And I'm not against Ford, Chevy and all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying you're wired to be a person who battles. Amen. So we are supernaturally led. There are times that God calls us well, all the time, the scripture says that we have the ability to overcome evil. Do not be overcome with evil, but the scripture says, but overcome evil with good. If God said it, that means we are capable of doing it. God doesn't put it in scripture if we aren't wired to be able to do it. Some of you need to understand you have the ability to overcome evil with good. You can walk into that situation 
Though it looks hopeless, though you're stressed about it, though you're nervous about it, you can walk in in the authority and in the truth of God and overcome that evil with good. Somebody say amen. God said that he believes you can do it. We just have to be led properly. The scripture says that our, his sheep, God's sheep know his voice. So we're talking about being led in truth. How do we do that? How do we walk in truth? Scripture says that his sheep know his voice. And so we got to be a people that are tuned in and dialed into the truths of God. The scripture says that the word is a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. We use the Bible. How do you stay in truth? You use the Bible. You do a 31-day devotional. You go to our Bible uh, uh, studies. You go to all that kind of stuff. Why? Because it's helping you stay in the lane of truths so that you don't get into the lanes of misinformation. And amen, because there's the ditches. Uh, there's voices that tell us all the time, uh, you're unloved, you're unworthy, you're unpure, you're unappreciated, you're alone, you're unwanted. You won't ever make it. It's not worth it. They don't care. You can't expand. You can't do that. You can't, uh, you can't leave your job and start your own. You can't do this. You can't. And we hear all of these voices that come at us, that are restricting and negative and they hold you down and they push you back and all this kind of, those voices don't come from God. Amen? We have to decide where, where is this coming from? So you could sit here and say, well, I, uh, I don't believe in the supernatural. I don't believe in good versus evil. Well, where do these thoughts come from? Where does this stuff come from? Because there is a force, if you will. There is a thing, there's an evil that's out to tear you down and it goes all the way back to Genesis the best weapon of the enemy is to get you to believe misinformation about your life, about God, about God's plan, and about his ways. The best thing he could do is to fill you with non-truths about what God believes about you and says about you because you'll be so far off the path that God has for you. I'll prove it here in scripture. Just a couple more minutes here. So Genesis 3.1, uh, this is just so great to look at if you see what was trying to happen. So this is the first time Adam and Eve is created and they're walking in the garden and this is the enemy's first run at it. All right, I'm gonna try to take these guys out. Uh, obviously, I don't want God and his kingdom established. And so the, the enemy, the devil, however you wanna say it, Satan shows up as a serpent. We all know the snake in the tree. And so what is his tactic here? How is he gonna get him? And he shows up like this. He says, now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. He was misleading through untrue perceptions. The way that he was going to take out Adam and Eve and pull them away from God was he was going to take partial truth and twist it in a way that they believe it in a negative tone. I'm glad none of us ever do that, right? You don't know anybody that does that either, right? There's this thing that happens and you saw it this way, but then when you talk to that other person, they've twisted it in just the weirdest way. You're like, I didn't see that. How is that? Because the enemy loves to come in and take a partial truth and twist it in a way that it's now gotten you way off the path. Amen? So Genesis, this is what God actually said before that. Genesis 2.15 says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend to it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying... Of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. So that's opposite of what the serpent just said. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day you eat it, you will surely die. Here's how this works. You've heard, some of you have heard me explain this, explain this before. God has given us all a free will. 
So he says, hey, here's the garden. You can do, you can eat of any tree that you want. But then as someone who loves you, he says, but stay away from that one because if you eat that one, you will surely die. I'm looking out for you. I'm not being restrictive. I'm not being negative. I'm not holding you down. I'm looking out for your best interest. And I'll tell you the number one thing I hear, especially in youth ministry, when we were youth pastors, they would, kids would come to us and say, wow, Christianity, so full of rules and trying to take the fun out of my life and trying to hold me down. That's a misinformation because it's actually the opposite. God loves you so much. He wants to empower you with promises. The Bible has more promises for your life than it does any kind of command. Amen. Amen. It says, hey, stay away from that because when you get into that, that will hurt you. You've heard me use this example. If you were to come house sit at my house, uh, you would come over and I would say, hey, thank you for watching the house. The refrigerator's full, the pantry's whatever you need. Surely eat from whatever you want. Oh, but be careful. I have that cyanide in the refrigerator. Don't drink that because that's going to be bad for you. Am I being a really like oppressive, restricting, evil God? No, I'm saying enjoy. I've made all this for you, but not that. You don't want that. Amen. And we believe this lie of we have this angry God who's trying to put all these rules on you and he wants you to get up on a Sunday morning and go to church and deal with Christians and drink, you know, like, you know, they only give you like a 12 ounce cup of coffee at 9 a.m. Like this, you're asking me to do what, God? Like, but yeah, all these misinformations we believe into. Why? Because the enemy knew the best way to get people is if I can get them to believe the lies and not the truths they'll eliminate themselves anyway. Amen. So take a look at your life. What's your timeline full of? What's the headlines full of? What are the TV channels full of? What are your radio frequencies full of? They're full of agendas that are trying to pull you away from God's truths. The enemy's doing a brilliant job pulling you away from the truths that God is trying to establish in your life. Well, maybe we can just bend it a little bit over here and we'll all feel a little bit more comfortable. I know God's really called us to this and the Bible really says this, but if we just tweak it a little bit over here, love will win and we'll all be happy. And then, it, but isn't that what the snake did? He took a truth and he just twisted it just a little bit. So everybody, that's how the enemy does it. That's how he destroys you. That's how he'll destroy this year for you. If he can get you to believe the lies and the misinformation that we allow into our head, amen? God is for you. The way that the serpent came in is he just tried to say, oh, you know, look at that God. He must be bitter and constricting and he must be, you know, jealous of you because he won't let you. And that's what the enemy does to us. Don't, don't miss out on life. You got, we have to believe truths. Amen. I'll close here in just a minute. Uh, Matty, you can come play. God's voice always moves you into a place of freedom. This is what I want you to get. This is how I want you to think this year. God's voice in your life always moves you into a place of empowering and of freedom. When you walk in the truths of God, you open the scripture, you worship, you go to a Bible study, you do all these things, you get these informations from God. All of those are always freeing, empowering, encouraging. The gift of prophecy, all the things that we know, you can literally read in scripture, they're to build you up, okay? And so whenever you have a voice in your life that is tearing you down, I would venture to say somewhere you've let false mistruths present themselves in your life. Amen. Galatians 5.1 says, For freedom did Christ set us free. Stand therefore and do not be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask, think according to the power that is work in us. 
God is always trying to do more in your life, do more, exceed more, think higher, believe more because he's for you. So as we move forward in truth and, and, and like I said, the superpower I want you to have is that I want you to be able to go, God, what is truth in my life? I don't want to be led in the misinformations. I want to stand on your word, on your truth. Ephesians 1.5 says this, having predestined us, predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. There's three things I want to point out in here in this scripture. One, the scripture says that God predestined us. He's thought about you in advance, meaning that's somebody you're worthy to be thinking about. God is a person who's like you right now in your life, no matter where you are in your life, God is a person who sees you worthy to be thinking of. The other thing it says in there is that adoption. He has adopted us as sons and daughters. Adoption cost a price. You were worth a price to God. He gave his best in order for you to be near him. And then sons and daughters, your family of royalty. He literally brought you into the best. Why do we believe the worst? Why do we make excuses for why we can't and why we shouldn't and why it won't? When you're adopted and you're thought of and you're a part of royalty, amen? And then it says, for the pleasure of his will. Literally, the scripture says, God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. In the growth, in the wellness, in your health, God takes pleasure in making sure you're taken care of. Somebody say amen. When negativity and discouragement reigns in your life, it's because you gave the enemy a microphone is what I'd want you to take home. In your life, when you're just letting yourself, and listen, listen, I realize there's no like magic potion. You read a secret scripture and then all of a sudden you wake up and you're out of depression and you're thinking good and there's no negativity in your life. I get that, I get that. But you just don't use that as your excuse. You still fight for truth. You still stand on what God established in your life, amen? Here's where the enemy comes from, and this is what I really want you to get. There's a story in Job. I won't read it just for time's sake, but it says this, talking about uh, God is there and talks about how he is beginning to have this whole thing with Job and uh, the, the, the devil's on the scene and God says, hey, to the enemy, like, where were you? You know what? Hey, how, where'd you show up from? And it says that the enemy was out roaming. He says, oh, I've just been out roaming just here and there, which is the number one sign. If all you do in your life is roam, and you have no goals, and you have no passions, and you have no uh, thing that you're working towards, you have no vision, you're really following in the footsteps of the enemy. Amen? That's why the scripture says that if you ha- if you, without a vision, you perish. That you can't just be a person who's roaming and not... Anyway, so he's out roaming, and, uh, and then roaming in the earth, that's the type of person he is. But check this out about his name. Some of you may have known this. But this is the literal name, if you look it up, of Satan what we would believe about the devil. Somebody says, oh, I don't know if I believe in that. Well, whether you believe in it or not, um, it doesn't change that it's still there. And, uh, and that's what I believe. If you talked about it in Genesis, it's still a thing. And, uh, and, and, and all throughout scripture, it's somebody that we are to be aware of. And so literally the name, if you were to take the name of Satan in Hebrew, it's Hasatan, which literally translates into Ha is the, and then Satan is accuser, the accuser. Scripture calls him the accuser of the brethren. What does he do? He comes in and he nags and he accuses and he pulls you away from truth and breaks you down and gets you off all that God has spoken to your life. God told me this and God told, and I'm, I'm running, I'm excited. And then here comes the accuser. 
You'll never be able to make it at the next level. I don't know why you're trying to get there. I don't know why you're trying to do this. What makes you think that they'll be healed? What makes you think that? And then Satan, the accuser, comes in and tries to pull you off of truth because that's what he does. He did it in the beginning as a serpent and he tries to do it today and he'll try to do it tomorrow. What's your response? Where's my truth? Where's my truth at, right? You find your truth. You call a friend that's gonna speak life. You wanna know a great enemy that the, the, the tactic the enemy has? Something happens in our life. Oh, hey, I'm gonna pick up my phone. I'm gonna call the most negative person I know because they're gonna encourage me in my negativity. Oh, call somebody who's gonna kick you in the butt and say, come on, that's not truth. That's not what God says about you. That's not what the word says about you. God wants us in truth because the enemy is the accuser. I thought about this, Psalm 43, 18. It says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. We know that scripture, verse 19. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know? I will even make a way in the wilderness, in the rivers, in the desert. I told the prayer team, it's crazy. The Bible is full. We were praying before service, a few of us, and I was like, it's crazy. The Bible's just full, cover to cover of God going, I'm for you. If it doesn't look like it's gonna work, I'll just make a new way because I'm so for you. If the desert's dry and it looks hot and it looks like there's no way that anything could ever grow, that's fine, I'll make it work in the desert. I'll make a new, God is like crazy about making it work for you in your life, amen? Don't believe the non-truths. And this is the kicker, Romans 12, two. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve that God's will is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Like God has it for you. He has it for me. He has it for us. And we're walking in it. Some of you know uh, what God is, is doing here and the truths that we're standing in and the freedom that we've seen taking place. But leaving this series, I want you to know this year, maybe in your finances, maybe in your job, maybe in your marriage, maybe with your kids, whatever it may be, He's gonna to try to present misinformation and lies. He's gonna to try to knock you off of that truth horse. Don't let the accuser deceive you. The great deceiver come in and get you to believe something that's not true. Because God through cover to cover is always speaking life and encouragement and new. Oh God, I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know what it's going to look like. That's cool. We'll just make a new, God is such a creator. He doesn't stop. I said last week, the universe is still even now creating and expanding. Why? Because he wants to do great things in our life and nothing limits him. Amen. Will you stand to your feet? I want to, I said at the beginning, like, if I could, you know, ask for a superpower for you, it would be this and me too. God, help us discern truth. God, we want discernment in our lives. We want to be able to say, see what is right and what is holy and what is just and what is pure. Think on these things the Bible says. We want to do that this year. And so I want to pray that as we get ready to close here in a minute, I got a couple things to share with you at the end of service, but before we leave, I want us to do that. I want us to, maybe we can kind of walk out of here with this, this superpower understanding of, of what truth is in our life. 
But I believe that God does that. I believe that if we pray and we ask right now that God will give you the ability to discern and to be able to navigate and walk through what is him. So let's just pray it together. God, we love you so much. We stand here as believers, as people pursuing you, and we say, God, we don't want to be deceived by the accuser. We don't want to be thrown off, uh, Lord, your ways and your truths and what is good and pleasing and perfect to you. God, help us be discerners. Help us, uh, any negative voice, anytime we give the microphone uh, to a negative voice of the accuser or misinformation or lies that we may believe, God, we pray that that microphone be on mute. Lord, give us ears to only hear you. Lord, let us, as we just read, Lord, that, um, that we renew our minds. We're not conformed to the world, but God, help us renew our minds in a way that we stand in a place of truth. In Jesus' name.